Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by Armani Buckets and Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing? I am doing pretty well. I mean, I love everything. <laughs> the press conference uh, championship. I love the Lakers after this press conference stuff. So I think I'm back in. <laughs> yeah, they're going to surprise some people, looks like, now all of a sudden. Like, they looked pretty locked in. Uh, I know Armand and I discussed this yesterday about the, the chip, you know, having a chip on their shoulder and Davis wanting to – be more like 1920 Davis. And what that'll entail is taking pressure off of Braun, super important, letting him play point. A lot of the times passing more and whenever they need a bucket going to the rim. But I like how locked in Westbrook and Beverly are. If they can really defensively, I told you, Arash, if they're better defensively, they'll have a shot. Um, listen, I, I know we have headlines and we'll get to, to them momentarily, but I was at Lakers media day. I did not get to talk to you guys about what we saw and uh, heard there. Um, so let's, let me start there. Cause I want to like, they did all the right things. Right. I mean, I mean, I, 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 I was very skeptical about the Russell Westbrook situation, obviously also about the Pat Bev relationship with Russ. I do think it's good. Um, I, I don't think what they put on before the press was some kind of a, a, uh, I, I do believe that those guys are fine. Um, Beyond that, however, like Anthony Davis, I, I know he he reads social and he reads what people are saying. We don't want you to be a Greek god, man. Like we want you literally to do what you did two years ago. And so this idea that he's got to be something more than he is or can be, I think that 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 one was the one that rubbed me the wrong way because Russ has every right to be upset with the media, with his teammates, and things like that. But with Davis. I don't think anyone's asking you to be anything more than you haven't shown. And so, like, if he can literally do what he did in 2019, 2020, like you said, Brandon, that's all we want. 100%. I think another thing is Westbrook's jumper looks way better. I don't know if you guys saw that video of him shooting out the practice. That's going to be huge. Even if he can just get a little bit of his mid-range shot back, he doesn't even need to shoot threes. That changes the dynamic of this team dramatically because we can say what we want about Russell Westbrook, He's still one of the best uh, playmakers in the league and one of the most athletic players in the NBA. Agreed. And also the maturity that he's shown in how he's handling the media. You guys remember, we all remember what Russell Westbrook was like with the media in Oklahoma City, how contentious it would get. And 
if anything, now is probably the time when maybe a little bit of contentiousness is a little bit deserved because yeah. reporters are asking him some of the most ridiculous <laughs> questions. Like, I don't know how he's supposed to answer these, but he's answering them with a lot of grace, a lot of humility. It's just the maturity that he's showing is making me believe that he can actually buy into a role. Like, yeah. this is what it takes. And I I'm very proud of him, but we'll see what happens, obviously, when the real games get started. So let's play this out. I mean, like, if they don't do a big deal. And Rob Palenka, by the way, kind of went out of his way to explain um, why a deal was made. Effectively, listen, um, I'm speaking for him now, that, you know, I, I don't have a problem giving up two first-round picks, but I can only do that one time. So this can't be some kind of Hail Mary, let's see what happens. Like, he could only do that one time because of the number of picks that they have uh, traded or have uh, proposed to, to trade in the future. Um, so, but he said he's not opposed to it. He would do it. He would do it today. If there was a deal on the table that he liked. So let's just say that, that there is no deal though, that, that this is the team that goes into the season, but let's play this out. Let's say LeBron is 100% and he plays the majority of the season. Let's say that Anthony Davis is 100% and plays the majority of the season. And let's say Russ is Russ, right? I mean, he's not what he was before, but he is not a cancer on the team. He's doing what he can. Pat Bev is really kind of helped change the culture. Ham has won over the uh, players. They want to, by the way, the big thing Pat Bev said, and I th thought about you guys. He said they had no willpower a year ago. Like when he screamed at them that they were soft, like he had no trust that they were going to reach for loose balls, jump for loose balls, defend, you know, play both sides of the court. Uh, he believes that that will be the case this year. Obviously, we're in, you know, day two of tra training camp. So he has to say that. But let's play this all out. Like, best case scenario LeBron's healthy and Anthony Davis is healthy. Russell Westbrook buys in. More importantly, the entire team plays defense. What's the high watermark? How far can this team potentially go? Yeah, um, I think this team could be similar to the 1920 team. I still think it's wow. going to be hard unless ma major injuries happen. The Clippers, Nuggets, you know, Grizzlies, any of those teams ahead of them. I think their ceiling, I was talking to Grant Mona, our good friend yesterday about this, their ceiling is the four seed in the West. I don't think they can be higher than the three juggernauts, Denver, Clippers, and Warriors. But I do think the Suns have a lot of issues right now. That team is trending backward. The Pelicans are still young, although I do think they'll be better than the Lakers. And I don't trust the Timberwolves. You know, the Mavericks, they lost Brunson. That's huge. They have Luka. I'm just saying the ceiling for them is the four seed in the Western Conference because the Timberwolves, I think, are the one team clearly I don't think will be better than the Lakers. I really do. So I think the Lakers are seventh right now, but yeah. I'm saying their ceiling is fourth in the Western Conference. They're just not going to be better than those juggernauts, healthy nuggets, healthy Clippers, healthy Warriors. But they can be better than the Suns, the Pelicans, the Mavericks, if everything goes right. Yeah. This is why the Lakers are the most fascinating team in the NBA because of the variance in outcomes. It wouldn't shock me if they missed the playing tournament again. And guess what? It wouldn't shock me if they won the whole thing. That's why <laughs> it's so it's so wide of a range of outcomes. And what I go back to is in 2019, 2020, I was a huge disbeliever. I didn't believe in the Lakers at all. And by the way, a lot of people didn't believe in the Lakers. And literally, 
the first preseason game that they played, the overreactions to it was all about, oh my God, this team looks way better than we thought. Dwight Howard on a minimum contract, yeah. Rondo, all those guys, all of a sudden, it popped out on the screen. And this team has the potential to really shock some people. Davis sounds great. LeBron, Brandon's been saying this forever. You get LeBron with an elite defense, and now he can play like a Peyton Manning style of like game management and use his IQ, which by the way, smartest player in the game in terms of basketball IQ. Why can't they why can't the ceiling be a championship team? I know how much we've grilled them. I've grilled them all offseason saying that it's not going to happen in this way, but it's not impossible. Like in terms of the the wide range of outcomes, it's not impossible that that they compete for a title. Yeah, and I think that's what I'm trying to go at here because we're 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 coming up on the two year mark where they won the championship, and I say that because I think that there's this feeling that oh my god they haven't been good in forever, and it's like a they won the championship two years ago, the year following that every trainer, every doctor I talked to said essentially if you made it to the conference finals in the in the bubble you had no chance to succeed the next year just because of the wear and tear so certainly a team that, that spent 100 days in there had no chance to succeed that being said before the injuries hit them before ad and lebron goes down second best record in the league so just those two guys alone and you touched on it i just remember going into that 2019-2020 season they really had a piecemeal that team together because they thought they were going to get Kawhi, and when they didn't it was like oh shoot who's available let's bring back rondo let's you know bring back let's bring dwight howard in on a non-guaranteed minimum deal i mean that's where dwight howard was with his career at that point in time and so you cut a piecemeal a team together that the, the pe people were saying okay you, you got two of the top 10 players in the league but then what else do you have well the, the what else came together and it fit and they had something to prove and i think that's that's the beauty of this team is that it's not a bunch of guys at the end of their careers and god bless them but like trevor ariza probably shouldn't have been on a team a year ago there's a handful of guys that probably should not have been on a team carmelo will sign we'll, we'll see if he signs somewhere but it was such a 2k team it was like and when i say 2k probably 2k 10 but Brandon, I think with Kendrick Nunn back, young defenders back, just young players on the team, they have a chance here. Uh, yes, no, 100%. Uh, I think another thing is they need to start off great. Last year is all about figuring it out. They don't have time for that crap this year. They really need to start out on a run. And I know they have a tough schedule to start the year against the Clippers a couple times and couple matchups that they really aren't favored in. They need to steal some of those games and just out, out grind. People forget the Lakers win 50 games last year, as crazy as it sounds. If they don't have old people mm -hmm. running the, running the, um, you know, running in the fourth quarter, very yeah. simple. Sounds really simple, but they had older dudes in the fourth and they would lose. They lost 20 games in the fourth quarter last year, Rosh. Yeah. So very simple. They have younger guys now more gritty guys, they could turn those into wins and be a 50 to 55 win team. It's certainly possible, but they need to start winning early this year. Yep.
And their Vegas over under is like 45 and a half, I think. I'm so taking that. Yeah. Vegas doesn't think that they're going to be that bad. I mean, 45 and a half in, in a tough Western conference. Yeah. You know, some people, including myself again, have said that they could even miss the playing tournament again. But Vegas seems to think that what they're going to be like a five seed, which is probably just going off of memory, probably what Vegas thought in 2019, 2020 as well. And they obviously. No, 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 no. In 2019, 2020, they were co-favorites. Again, I mean, Vegas oh, wow. is very much if you have two of the top 10 players in the league. So the co-favorites going into 2019, 2020. And I remember because it was like a big story at the time, the Lakers and the Clippers. And that happened in July when when within a couple of days of each other or whatnot, the the, the Anthony D Davis trade happens and the Clippers on on the same night, right? They on July fourth, I think it, it perhaps was get uh, Kawhi and they get Paul George. So those two teams were co favorites, but again, the majority of people around the league did not view the Lakers as co favorites just because of the team that they had put together. At least with the Clippers, and we'll talk about them soon. Um, you 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 found a way to get Kawhi and Paul George with the team that had pushed the Warriors in their first round matchup um, with 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 Pat Bev and Montres Harrell and Lou Williams. I mean, so that's why people were so high on that particular team. And I and this is why it's hard to get high on the Clippers. I mean, you go back to that team and how great it was in three one. 3-1 in the second round of the playoffs, just one win away from going to their first ever conference finals, blowing that. Now, the Doc is not there. They find a way the very next year to get back to the conference finals without Kawhi, can't beat the Suns. But let's now transition. Now that I'm talking about the Clippers, they had their media day. Uh, and um, I'm out here in Las Vegas, and they're having their training camp before their first preseason game. Um, listed on paper, it's all there. It's just something about this team, and I say this as someone who's not trolling them, but I'm saying this as someone who's covered them for 20 years. I'm saying this as someone who was in Houston where they blew a 3-1 series lead when I thought they could potentially win the whole thing. Um, it's just always something with this team. And and I, I hope that's not the case. I but I, I that's that's the hardest thing for me with this team is that I, I have a hard time saying that they're the favorites or figuring out that you know you know trying to figure out a way that they can win the whole thing and by the way it's a little different now right the 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 warriors in my mind are very clearly if they're healthy the, the best team in the west but your guys' thoughts on the uh, clippers i think it comes down to three things with uh, the clippers yeah go ahead three things with the clippers injuries as you mentioned arash um it comes down to, for me, the, the most underrated thing with them is we know that they have a lot of depth, but number two for me is egos and having the ability to, okay, we have 11 or 12 guys that might deserve to play, but will guys be okay with lesser roles? And then number three is if you run into an Anthony Davis or a Nikola Jokic in the playoffs, you have one big man on your roster in Zubats that can guard a guy like a Davis or a Jokic. You don't really have another guy right now on the roster. So that is a glaring hold to me because Zubats, what happens if he picks up two fouls against AD in round one? Then who's going to guard him? Is it going to be Robert Covington? Yeah. Automatically, you're at a disadvantage there. So, But obviously, they have bought into the wings, 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 and it definitely could work that way. It's just going to be... 
a different, I guess, method in terms of covering a big man, a dominant big man. Better than having Beverly guard Kevin Durant in the fourth quarter. So that, <laughs> no, real, real talk, real talk. Um, I, I think Arash said the Warriors are the clear favorite. I actually think it's the Clippers if healthy. I think they have a better roster than the Warriors. The Warriors just have a better system, if that makes sense. Like they get the best out of their players. They have an elite defense and they're usually healthy, right? This year. That's why they won. Clay Thompson, um, Steph Curry, Jordan Poole's ascension, right? But I feel like the loss of Otto Porter Jr. is huge. You have the Weissman injury and Looney. Don't know if that's, you know, what's going to happen with that. It's hard to repeat. I, I don't know. They might have a have a slump. I know they, they're claiming dynasty, but if the Clippers are healthy, I think they by far have the best roster in the NBA because they're 14 deep. But Armand does bring up a good point. If Zubac is you know in foul trouble, they need at the deadline, by the deadline at least, they need to pick up like a Boogie Cousins or a Hassan Whiteside or someone of that stature. Dwight Howard. <laughs> Why not? Or Dwight. Uh, Why not? They need somebody who can go in. I mean, Dwight was great when they were giving him usage last year. Let me get this thought from you guys. I've always thought that the idea that a team is 15 deep, for example, like, listen, we got great starters, but then we got two great backups. If you were to just to put our backups together, there needs to be a, a, a tight rotation. In my view, when you're a championship team, and I go back to the majority of championship teams, come playoff team, certainly in the finals, no more than nine. I mean, and I think the nine's a big number. I think, you know, you got your six man, you got your seven, you got your maybe the the eighth, but again, no more than nine. So what tends to happen, A, I don't think it I I don't think it, it it's a big deal to have fifteen guys who can play. And what also tends to happen is depending on the personality of those guys, the you know, the you know, tenth, eleventh, you know, ten to fifteen gets upset. Your thoughts on that? Again, like, I don't think it's a big deal to be that deep. I think the Clippers have the uh, high-character guys to make it work, but we've seen it before where depth can come back to bite you because at the end of the day, this is a job. This is a profession. And guys at the end of the bench, especially on a really good, really loaded team, are going to think to themselves, I'm better than the sixth or seventh man. Wow. So that is the only area where... I would see a potential for some sort of catastrophe. But even then, again, they have high character guys. There's a reason why this organization is so highly touted right now. Lawrence Frank and Jerry West, they bring in guys that are going to fit the culture. And the culture is all about doing what's best for the Clippers organization. And I really think that it won't be a problem. But yeah, you have to acknowledge the fact that it could be. Yeah. Uh Brandon, this is a make or break your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. No, I and I agree with that. I, I think with the Clippers, when you look at what they have, at some point in time, um, as much as Kawhi has committed to playing there, as much as Paul George has committed to playing there, they have to win. I'm very curious, and again, you, you guys um, you know, are from here. Uh what that would mean for the Clippers, you know, because I thought they had a golden period of time when it was Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Lob City, during a time period where the Lakers were not only bad, they were one of the worst teams in the league. 
in Los Angeles, however, like you have to win and you at least have to get to the conference finals and the NBA finals. And then you have to win and then you have to have a parade. They never did that. Right. And not only did, did they not do that, they they flamed out in such a fashion that so many fans and so many people in Los Angeles were like, here we go again, the Clippers clip again or whatever. Real quick, I mean, what what would that do for this franchise if they finally find a way to win the whole thing? I mean, it would it would make their fan base that much more. Obviously, it'd be tough to get a parade, but having that momentum going into the new stadium, having a ring under their belt, a yeah. proven culture of winning, like they need to win. Like it's like the Chargers when they lost to Jacksonville. It doesn't matter how good the Chargers are, right? They they, yeah. they pull the Chargers. They choked yeah. in a game they should have won. That's kind of the narrative with the Clippers, and hopefully they can change that this year. Yeah, Steve Ballmer. I mean, his whole goal has been to take over Los Angeles, and when you go around the city, if you go to any park, you see that Clippers logo on the hoops. Yeah, he's done a great job of advertising and branding and expanding the fan base. But as Brandon just said, as you've been saying, Arash, it comes down to winning a championship. If they don't do that, they will always be capped at, you know, not be at being the little brother. 100%. And and that would be so massive for them. If they found a way to win before they moved into their brand new domed stadium, uh, it would be fantastic. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we will hear from, Darvin Ham and Rob Polinka on the state of the Los Angeles Lakers. When we return on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right. We are going to now hear from Lakers general manager Rob Palenka and new Lakers head coach Darvin Ham prior to the beginning of media day, prior to the beginning of training camp, and prior to what will be a, a very crucial season for this Lakers team. After missing the playoffs last season, this team has high expectations this season. Let's now hear from Rob Palenka and new Lakers head coach Darvin Ham. Good morning, everybody. Wanted to welcome you to UCLA Health Lakers Training Center. Um, we're excited for you guys to be here um, functioning normally again. It's good to see everybody. Um, 
And Darvin and I are excited to be here to answer the questions you have about our season. So let's get to it. Coach and uh, Rob, Jim Hill, CBS2 and KKL9. This is a, a question for both of you. Is, is this year a, um, a sense of redemption because of what happened last year, not making the playoffs? And, and how excited are you about hurry up and getting started? I'm, I'm extremely uh, excited. I, I think, you know, last year was what it was. There was a variety of circumstances that, you know, led to the team playing the way they did and the lack the, the lack the success the lack of success that the team had last year I mean, it's a variety of, you know you had covid injuries and whatnot this year we've turned the page you know we're looking out the windshield not so much through the rearview mirror and uh we're, we're excited about the group rob and i put together um we're excited about the summer we've had thus far i think we're going to create an identity I'm, I'm i'm super duper thrilled to get started tomorrow uh, just to start from day one, establishing that defensive identity, that competitive nature, that competitive energy throughout the environment. And uh, last year's last year. This year's a whole new chapter. And we're just going to take every single day, bust our butts, work our tails off, and, uh, you know, try to embrace the journey in order to get to the destination that we want. You know, Darvin and I have spent hundreds of hours uh, in the offices behind you uh, just going over and over again how we want this team to reflect some of the qualities he stands for the most and he alluded to that our Lakers fans deserve one thing they deserve a team that is going to compete the hardest of any team in the NBA and that's what Darvin stands for as a coach he's got strong shoulders and a tough mindset and we wanted to make sure there were guys on our roster this year that reflected those qualities um, and will reflect it every night they play in crypto.com arena and on the road and uh, we have an incredibly strong leader in Darwin that's going to command that and frankly has shared with me and the team that guys that don't do that will see themselves not not getting minutes because the guys that play the hardest are going to earn those those spots. Um, obviously, there's a, a new staff and, and Darwin's in now um, but you know when last season ended um, you know Russell Westbrook kind of explained that he felt like he didn't get a fair chance and it seemed like there was certainly strain there. Um, during this offseason, what steps has the organization taken um, to, to kind of, I guess, restore trust uh, between Russ and the organization? And, and what do you, how would you describe the current state of alignment with Russ? Russ has been great all offseason. Um, several meetings with, with Jeannie, with myself, with Coach, with all of us. Um, I think you look at the most recent comments he had um, on ESPN last night that he's all in. He's all in to do whatever it takes for this team to win in whatever role that means. But Russ is an extremely competitive basketball player and person. And as much as anybody in this room, he wants to win and wants to win at a high level and to be a part of that. And so he has reflected that all off season that, that he's all in here, um, wants to do whatever it takes to win. And coach is confident that he can fit all these pieces together in a way to do that. Um, but that's been the theme of our conversations with him um, over the last several weeks. He's been awesome. I mean, everything I've asked of him, he's done. Um, if I have asked him to come in and, you know, marinate with the young guys he's done that you know throughout his own regimen individual regimen and training methods that he's he's done for years um anytime again we call on him we talk to him 
everything has been about, you know, being selfless, being team-oriented, having a defensive mindset, holding him to that. It's words that came out of his own mouth that, you know, he's going to be high, high, at a high, a very high level defensively and uh, along with the rest of our roster. And so that communication, that trust uh, that we've developed throughout the summer, um, we expect it to carry on once camp starts and throughout the season. Hi, Darvin. Good to see you. Um, on that note with Russ, do you see him as the definitive starter this season, or have you entertained the possibility of bringing him off the bench? We're, we're a ways away. I mean, we got several options. You know, obviously we signed Dennis. We signed um, Pat Bev. We got a healthy Kendrick Nunn along with Russell himself, Austin Reeves. So we have a, 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 a variety of options to, uh, to fulfill in our backcourt. But again, as I mentioned, um, defensively, we got to have a defensive mindset. Those are the guys that that's going to get the minutes. Guys who are going out there to get stops. And he said he's, you know, he's told me personally he's going to commit to that side of the ball, and uh, that's what camp is for. We'll see. But we have we have more than enough options that we're comfortable with. Hey guys, Dan Wanky with the LA Times. Um, kind of, you know, there's been a lot of attention paid to Russ this summer, but <clears throat> I'm curious, you know, with LeBron and, and Anthony haven't really been able to be on the court for extended stretches together these last two years. What is sort of the plan to to keep them as available as possible? Um, LeBron has resisted load management in the past. Is that on the table? I'm, I'm curious kind of what the philosophy is to, to keep those guys as present as they need to be. You know, I think we have a great medical staff. Um, you know, LeBron has been an incredibly high-functioning, one of the great greats of all time and taking care of his body and putting in the the time and the resources around doing that um his team is led by mike mancius on our staff who does an incredible job keeping him ready and available and we'll be thoughtful around that planning and obviously anthony last year just had you know uh, a tough tough set of injuries you know came down on a guy's foot had a devastating ankle you know injury that cost him most of the season those things you can't control, but the things that you can, he's committed to this offseason. He's been in the weight room. He's been on the court. I think you guys will see a, a stronger version, and he's hungry. Um, you know, he's, he's ready to take on even more of a leadership position here. Um, coach and I were joking the other day when he came upstairs and Coach was going over the offensive set, and Anthony just said, you don't have to worry about that, Coach. I got you covered. <laughs> so he's coming in with a mindset of leadership and uh, – I think you guys will be pleasantly surprised with what you see, what he's done with his body and um, how he plays and how he carries himself. So, but to answer your question, we'll be mindful and thoughtful and managing the load in the minutes. Um, but also we have a team of guys that want to play and want to give our fans that effort we talked about at the beginning um, every night they play. Yeah, just to piggyback off that, just being efficient with how we practice, how we manage shoot-arounds, how we manage their minutes, I don't need Brian or AD playing playoff minutes in October and November, December. Uh, once we establish our rotation, looking for different ways to minimize the load on their bodies whenever possible. And, and again, being mindful of practice times, practice duration, um, game schedule, being strategic in that, in, in, in that area as well. So we just feel good about where they are today. And uh, to continue to keep putting healthy days together as much as possible is at the top of the list, top priority. But uh, we'll manage them well to, to make sure that 
they're getting strong as the season gets longer and they're hitting on all cylinders at the right time of the year. Hey, Robert, Darvin had mentioned the guard depth earlier, and I know you're always looking throughout the season of ways to improve the roster. Just wonder what you thought of the front court depth, the, the players that can be difficult to acquire, and how you see that as a, a fluid process as the year goes on. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for us is, um, you know, looking at the nature of certain players that we acquired. And um, obviously by trade, we went out and got Patrick Beverly, who is just a tenacious hard-playing leader, defender, agitator, um, a guy that's going to pick up full court, uh, harass the other team's guards. Um, I think if you look at, if you studied the EuroLeague uh, uh, tournament this summer and just saw the way Dennis Schroeder became um, just a, again, a tenacious, ten ten tenacious guard that picked up full court, um, did a lot of research about where he's at at this point in his career, and he, he was a great leader there. Um, and I think Guys like that can be a menace defensively. Um, I think you look at guys like Juan Toscano-Anderson who are willing to play a role and just play tough. Um, you start adding enough guys to the team that, that have that mentality about them and it takes over. And that fits coach's style. That's what we're going to call on every, every night. Um, this is a guard-heavy league. We know that. And so having multiple guards with multiple skills and positions that can play uh, different ways. I think Patrick Beverly can guard wings. We look at him as a three and D wing. Dennis can obviously make plays with the ball, but having multiple guards that can do multiple things, I think dimensionalizes our backcourt. Yeah, over here, Bill Plaschielli times for Rob. I know Russell said he's all in on you guys. How all in are you on him? Can you say with assurance he's going to be with the team at the start of the season or even at the end of the season? Bill, great question. I think um, our job as a front office, um, led by myself and with other great basketball minds that, that helped Jesse Buss, Joey Buss, Kurt Rambis, we work closely with Darvin every day um, to make sure we assemble a team that has players on it that reflect his mentality. And with that, for any player on our team, I think you have to always be evaluating the roster. You know. A great friend once said, a job's never finished. Job's not done, right? We know that. So if we have to continue to upgrade our roster um, throughout the season, we will. That's what the trade deadline is for and other things. But Russell Westbrook is a great part of our team. He's uh, a person of high character, high work ethic, one of the greats to ever play the game. And I think that Coach Ham is going to bring another level out of him that we didn't see last year. I see a relationship forming between Russ and Coach of trust and confidence. And I think that's what opens up the communication for him to say some of the things he shared yesterday. And, you know, in terms of you ask questions about trades, you know, one thing that needs to be made clear is there's a lot of speculation. Will the Lakers trade their picks? Will they not trade their picks? Let me be abundantly clear. We, we have one of the great players in LeBron James to ever play the game on our team. And he committed to us with a long-term contract, a three-year contract. So, of course, we will do everything we can, picks included, to make deals that give us a chance to help LeBron get to the end. He committed to our organization. That's got to be a bilateral commitment, and it's there. But let me be also clear that you have to understand the CBA and things like the Ted Stepien rule, which teams can't trade all their picks every year. You can only trade every other year. As everybody in the room knows, in 2025, most likely we still owe a pick in the Anthony Davis trade. 
And so then if you include 27, the 2027 pick and the 2029 pick, all your picks are gone. You have one shot to make a trade with multiple picks. So if you make that trade, and I'm not talking about any particular player on our team, but if you make that trade, it has to be the right one. You have one shot to do it. So we're being very thoughtful around the decisions on when and how to use draft capital in a way that'll improve our roster. And again, as I started the question by saying, we are committed to doing everything we can to put the best team around LeBron, as long as it's a smart trade because of the limitations caused by the Stepien rule and the implications of that. Rob and Darvin, good to see you guys. Uh, I think objectively, if we look at last season, there was a mix of things that didn't go in your favor. There was health, there was some aging role players that weren't as effective as you hoped they could be. There was a, perhaps a, a difficult fit between the stars and, and, and shooting. So out of that group, if you agree that that's kind of the summation of, of how things went, how do you think you address those as a front office in, in the offseason? Dave, I was hoping by signing a Syracuse player we would address all your concerns. <laughs> um, listen, again, I think looking at the roster as a whole, um, there's no perfect roster that, that takes care of every single need in a game. You could go through all 30 teams and find things that they have or don't have. Um, I think in terms of shooting, we know that's, that's a needed skill. Um, some of that can come from the outside. Uh, by additional roster moves or roster moves during the season. But shooting growth can also come from within. And we do feel like there are players on our team this year that you're going to see that growth. Um, and I know that Coach um, sees that as well and has confidence in this, in this group of guys and how they're going to be able to score the ball. Um, but I'll let you talk more to that. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where it's just not trying to find specialists. We want basketball players, and we're going to get enough reps day in and day out from the three-point line. Once we come out and, and develop and establish our spacing, our running habits, those things are going to open up. And these guys, we have very confident players from that, from that range that's going to be able to get stuff done from the perimeter. Um, but again, you know, the best offense is having a great defense. And being able to create turnovers, being able to create fast break opportunities, being able to collapse collapse uh, the defense because you are running and not playing against a set defense and everyone is scrambling. And the way Bron sprays the ball out, the way Russ sprays the ball out, AD, like guys, are gonna, they're going to give their teammates confidence and we'll be able to make threes. And again, it's a day-by-day -day process. Then the more reps you get, the more confidence you get. But we're, we're, we're extremely uh, confident in our roster's ability to uh, make shots from that range. Rob, Darvin, how are you guys? What's up, BT? Um, Darwin, is the idea to have everything sort of revolve around AD and LeBron, and how do you guys make that work offensively and defensively? Yeah, you know, my thing is offensively, we want to play fast, want to be physical, and play free. And fast meaning our running habits, getting AD on that left block, getting LeBron around the elbow area. There's a variety of sets that we have planned to install that's going to highlight, you know, their strengths, get Rust in and post more. Like, we're going to have a variety of different uh, play calls. Just our natural early offense, our natural running habits are going to be intact. And 
they've already been sprinkled in the workouts a little bit, so they're very familiar with how we want to space a four-out, one-in spacing, keeping an immediate threat uh, by the rim at all times, you know, making it difficult for teams to double-team successfully. Uh, and again, defensively, contain, contest, and control. We want to contain the ball at all times. We want to contest shots, and we want to control the glass. So uh, what we're going to do in these next upcoming days with training camp starting tomorrow, and it's already kind of been established throughout the summer with our summer league team, with our individual and group workouts in August and September. Uh, these guys know how I want to play. And, again, it starts with getting stops, and we got guys – we can play through Braun all night. We can play through AD all night. We can play through Russ. The biggest thing is going to be establishing the confidence throughout other guys that's on the floor with those guys to make their job even easier in the latter stages of the game. So we have, we have a variety of different weapons and ways we're going to be able to be successful on the offensive side of the ball. And, again, defensively, first and foremost, getting stops. Rob, uh you mentioned the the limitations with with building the perfect roster, and, and you're never going to have you know the, the the perfect lineup. But I'm curious on the wing defense, how you guys view um, kind of you know where you're at defensively on the wing, and and are there guys that you feel like could surprise and and you know uh, maybe guard up you know bigger positions or uh, do better than you know they've done in the past. Just quickly, I'll, I'll let. Darvin address it. I mean, I, I think we know that we have the ability to be, you know, big in the in the in the backcourt with our our bigs, Anthony Davis, Damian Jones, Thomas Bryant. You know, LeBron can play any position on the court, and so um, I think guys on the wing that have good size, like Juan Toscano Anderson and Troy Brown Jr., are going to have to play a big role. And we do expect those guys um, to do that. Um, wing depth, shooting depth, those are always things that probably every roster in the league would say we'd love to have more. Um, but I, but I, we have a strong belief in some of the new guys that we signed to be able to step up and, and fill that need for us. Yeah, uh, piggyback off Rob, definitely, all across the board. You know, you look at Dennis and what he's able to do defensively. You look at Russ, his uh, commitment to that end of the floor is going to be crucial this season. Um, Pat Bev, you know, his resume kind of speaks for itself. Braun is a capable defender, a high-level elite defender. He's shown that time and time again. AD, you know, able to switch. Damian, able to block shots. Thomas Bryant, his communication skills on that side of the ball. So... Lonnie Walker, JTA, you know, Juan Toscano, he, we, 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 we're going to be able to get stops. We should be one of the elite defensive teams in the league. We're going to put the work in. We're going to do the breakdowns. We have the personnel for it. And now it's just all about activating it and make it come to fruition. All right, that was new Lakers head coach Darvin Ham, Lakers general manager Rob Palinka talking about the roster, talking about the upcoming season, talking about training camp and, and what they hope to accomplish prior to the beginning of this season. Again, very crucial season for this team. And um, listen, if they're healthy, if LeBron James is healthy, if Anthony Davis is healthy, if Russell Westbrook totally buys in, I think this team has a chance. You know, I, I don't know if they're going to win the whole thing, but they're definitely going to be a playoff team. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.